You are listening to B-Roll, a podcast that focuses on all things visuals. My name is Cyril Zuma and I'm a photographer and founder at Ice Dog Africa. I'll be sitting down with creatives to talk about their work, processes and what it takes to be at the top of your game. Welcome to B-Roll. My name is Cyril Zuma. On this episode, I have a gentleman, he is a father, a social sculptor, the founder and creative director at Creative Nestling. He's also a filmmaker, a coffee enthusiast, and he also does um, the Creative Entrepreneurs podcast. Dillian, please can you introduce yourself? Who are you? <laughs> you just did. Uh, <laughs> But uh, my name is Dylan Espiri, always in small caps, my name, you know, Jeff Steppo style. <laughs> uh, I am a social sculptor, a father of two kids, one dear Nikki. Uh, I'm a coffee enthusiast, I drink coffee only in good spaces. Uh, I'm a creative entrepreneur, I'm the founder of Creative Nestlings, a creative network and, and our digital platform for young African creatives, democratizing the creative landscape. Uh, I'm into film now. Made my first documentary last year. It's coming out hopefully this month if all goes well. And I'm writing my first feature film, uh, which is going to be super, super exciting. What else? Uh, I dabble in UX design, creative consulting. I, I do too much to get paid little. <laughs> yeah. So tell me something, why creative nestling? It's, it's a gift and a curse, actually. Um, it's, it came out of boredom and the need to basically do something with my life. I had just finished my degree uh, at University of Greenwich. I had a job at Cape Town Tourism. The job was super, super boring, the job. And then during that job, I said, okay, let me come up with an idea to do something. Uh, and my, my, my biggest fantasy in life has always been uh, basically making films anyway. So this was my long route to making movies, basically. <laughs> and, and me and my co-founder, who's not a part of the company, Jonathan, he was a photographer. He was, so we were going to exhibitions, talks, but we were seeing not, no one of color. And so it started off there. That really that was, it was the beginning point. And also at the time, complex media was big. Complex media. They, they were oh, owning yes. all these blogs. They were yes. syndicating content and ads. We wanted to be with that. That's what creators are supposed to be. A bunch of blogs where we syndicate ads and content, basically. Yeah. Hmm. So I know for me, starting at iStock Africa was because I wasn't seeing enough um, black representation in the media I was consuming. Yeah. Um, what is the move, or, or what, you know, if you can elaborate even further, or the moment that led you to start Creative Nestling, really? I remember we once went to, to an exhibition in Cape Town. We were the only two black people there. And <laughs> this place was packed. Yeah. Like, you've seen first days in Cape Town, packed. <laughs> then we were like, damn, where are the people of color? Are they not creating? No, we know artists, we know designers, we're foreigners, we're refugees. You know, so there's a lot of creatives from around the world that are here in Cape Town that are of color. Yeah. So that was the moment that really basically, like, geared the, the, the basic idea of creative nestling, documenting the creative journeys of young African creatives and stuff. And then the name itself, actually, funny enough, uh, it was typical naming. It happened in, a, what do you call it? Or uh, it, it happened in a, in a coffee shop on a serviette. So it was creative nestlings, creative, and then nestlings. The nestlings is a little birds, basically. So we wanted to build a nest where these birds can meet. You know, these young birds, basically, and stuff. So, so that's the, that's the kind of, and this is the idea, basically. Yeah. So take, take me back, then. now you're telling me Cape Town, you know, where were you born, and oh. how did you, you know, where did you school, and how did you land up in Cape Town? I was born in Zimbabwe, in a small town called Kwekwe. Uh, to, to, my, to my mom, uh, Primrose Vundla, she raised me, me and my brother and my sister. Moved to South Africa in 2004, when I was about 14, to Limpopo in Palawara. So I spent three years there doing grade 10, 11, and 12. When then university came about, went to Cape Town. Uh, I was not supposed to get on stay. I was supposed to go to Cape Town to go see my mom before I say goodbye and, and go stay with my father in Botswana. Yeah. But then in that process, my father passed away. In that January, my father passed away, so I was stuck in Cape Town. So my mom was like, well, you got to do something in your life now. Uh, I'm like, what? I want to make films. She was like, well, mm. <laughs> Maybe get not. a degree first. Yeah. If you get a degree, I'll let you do whatever you want to do in life. Okay. Just get a degree because then I know I'm, I'm done with my part of 
the story basically. Uh, so I got uh, my degree. And did you say you got the degree? Yeah, I got my degree and then after that she let me be. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so creative, creative Nestling was born? Yes, yeah. So I have a degree in business IT from the University of Greenwich. I corresponded via CTI College. Not the best of ideas, but the degree stands. So. Yeah. And so why a platform that supports African creatives? Because I see just in your talk and messaging, you are really about Africa. So, so I mean, I'm a big Monaco magazine fan. So Monaco magazine is about discussing the quality of life, basically. Uh, the quality of life for young Africa. For, for, for Monaco is about quality of life, but it's very European and Asian. Nothing for Africa. We don't discuss the quality of life here. And I realize... The people that detect the quality of life of any environment are creatives. Yeah. We're the first people that walk into a, a, a dilapidated building and makes it something, uh, make it something. So my passion is that also there's a youth, big youth unemployment, like a big one, youth un- unemployed. Yet the creative industry is the only one that can really, imp- you can come out of the art piece today and be a millionaire tomorrow. Yeah. Right? So, so for me, that's why the creative industry, creative is one of the easiest places for any, anyone to enter. And it, c- it can take as many people as possible. The creative industry is worth billions globally. It was worth 58 billion in 2013 in, in Africa alone. But yet we're not eating that pie, but we contribute to that pie. We're the culture, we're the we're tastemakers, we're the influencers of our environment. Yet there's no democracy in it. We, we play a small role as people of color. So for creative things, we want to democratize that creative industry, particularly in the entry level stages. When you in, in your first few days of creative in, into the creative industry, we want to be the first place where you go in, number one, you get seen by other peers, but also by clients. We want it also a place where you can learn from peers, from someone like you, Cyril, teaching other creatives anywhere on the continent about photography, right? But right, it doesn't exist. Right yeah. now we have to rely on other platforms around the world that no, don't speak our language, that don't speak to they our relatives. Re- they don't resonate with us. Yeah, so our platform is strictly that, relatable to the continent. Yes, I travel around the world, but then my, our, my, our work is only on the continent, basically, yeah. And so creative nestling bridges the gap between artists, what does it really, really mean for me as an artist now? Because, you know, I'm new in, in the game and I don't know where to go. And I see this name, Creative Nestling, and it sounds like a place, you know, it sounds like home. What does it mean for me then? I like the idea of home uh, because we never really have homes, if you think about it. Like, home is a, is a place where creativity is not necessarily the most encouraged. Yes. So you got to go to somewhere where there's people like you. So you need a home for that. So, for example, in Cape Town, we, we put two spaces, Boston Society, which was a store, which we use part of it as a, as a home for creatives. And then we also built the Nest Space in Cape Town, which was my own money, uh, for six months. So the idea is to create a space where, if you're a young creative who doesn't know anything about the creative industry, there's a place for you to go, either through our talks or through our Instagram account, Facebook website, the, the app that we're currently building, or the spaces that we're currently also building. So that's the idea, is that you, this way, that's where you start. When you walk in there, you are equal to everyone. It doesn't matter who's in there. It can be the biggest creative to the smallest creative. When you're in there, it's all quality. We're all creators. We're all creating something for this continent. So you're able to learn from those people directly in there and, and live there. Like our talks, for example, we've done over 40 talks in seven countries across the continent, in Sadak. And those talks, I realized actually most of the people that, that came to those talks have now somewhere, they're now doing amazing work. With and you, if, yeah, if you hear, oh, I met so-and-so there and it inspired me to do A, B, and C. You know, I, I know a lot of young artists that, that have met, like Laura, for example, Lady Scully. She, she's, she's now a big artist in South Africa. Yeah. But I know Laura before the art side. I know Laura as the fashion designer. Yeah. And a lot of people have seen her journey through creative nestlings. They're like, wow, she, she's doing amazing stuff. So, so, so that, that kind of knowledge and, and also, also, also storytelling yeah so our talks are very much about storytelling so it's like an old way old adage basically of like oh like an african story a story told is a problem told is half solved very true right that's very an african true. proverb i'm big on african proverbs right because that, that's history so yeah. if you think about there's a lot of oral history it's passed on by someone so why aren't we passing on our stories so that's what creativity does we pass on knowledge in a very oral manner in a very one-on-one manner in a very group setting but the idea is that this helps you go practically do something so just, a t- just talks for talk's sake. No, this yeah. Our talks have led to spaces, funding programs, films, content, books. So much things that come out of our talks. Not, I'm not the greatest person to, talk, to showcase that, yeah. but so much has happened from our talk series, from our engaging creators on the continent. And even there's even other companies similar to Creative Nestlings, like this guy, Wabwira, he's, he's literally built his own Creative Nestlings. It's called KQ Hub. KQ Hub? K- yeah, KQ Hub. It's based in Uganda. It's literally Creative Nestlings, but in Uganda. Wow. He focuses on East Africa. 
and he told me the other day, he's like, I copied you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that this was important. Yeah. You know, so, so, so I'm realizing that more and more that our role as creative nestlings is to be a catalyst for the, for the creative industry in Africa. And when I say creative, I'm not just talking about art, I'm talking about architecture, design, like all 16, 16 disciplines of the creative industry. So I think there's a misconception of what type of work creatives do or yeah. what, you know, what creatives are. What does it mean to be a creative and can anyone be a creative really? Anyone can be a creative. Anyone, we're all inherently creative. We're all inherently creating. The only difference, about, the only difference in the creative industry, in the industry, is that there's 16 disciplines to it. Right, your film, your multimedia, your design, your photography, your illustration, your architecture, and all that stuff. You, I mean, it's, it's available on the internet. So that, that's that's the the creative basic. If you if you're practicing that, yeah. So you have to be practicing that environment basically and stuff. That's what makes you a creative. You're practicing creative. Yeah. So you, I mean, you're creating a, a hub for entrepreneurs or creatives rather to come and share ideas. Um, what is the take back for you? As Dillian, you know, is it because you you also noticing quite a lot of um, creatives are struggling with certain things, whether it's creating the content or coming up with the content or pitching to clients. What is the core problem that you're finding amongst creatives that you decided to take a step further and say, you know, here's home, we can help you push your idea or whatever it is a bit further. Yeah. So I mean, there are currently three problems that I've seen out of nine years of research. Because our company actually is a research company. Okay. Our creativeness is we research the creative industry and try to make it better based on the insights and data that we collect, right? So, so the key component that I've seen in the creative industry that's really challenged is the three of them. Especially is getting found. So you can shoot a photograph out there and put it on Instagram, but that's noisy. Yeah. It's a noisy place. So what happens now? Only the ones that are cool and seen as the best are visible. For sure. That's unfair to the rest of the creative industry, yeah. right? Let's say, for example, there's, there's always like, okay, a client comes and says, put, put a tweet on Twitter, I'm looking for a photographer. A hundred people will send, it, will, say, will send their accounts. Is that a fair environment? And that, that photography project is probably in Kimberley. Yeah. So even the guy in Kimberley who's a great photographer won't get that job, most likely because he's not cool enough or seen enough, right? That's an unfair, yeah. right? Yeah. So now you have, you, you, the guy in Jerby will get the job and be flown to Kimberley, shoot the image, but what about the guy in Kimberley? Yeah. It's not fair. So that's our core problem. We want, we want to democratize that getting found. So being visible. Visibility is a big issue in the creative industry. Yeah. I mean, we all know that. If you want to be in the creative industry, you have to be visible. Yeah. People have to see your you work. Can, you cannot have a private account. You cannot have a private account. Yeah. You have to be visible. Yeah. So our platform allows that. So you, you can, the creators are able to create their profile for free. And then they, they can, the client can log in and see everyone. But also search specifically, I'm looking for a food photographer in Kimbali. So, so location-based, discipline-based, also speciality-based, speciality yeah. right? So that's super, super important. That's the one problem that we, we, we're solving. Being but also, found. Yeah, being found. But also what happens now when you're found? Client says, okay, send, send me a quote. Where do you even start to generate a quote? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have data. We don't have insights on how to quote right, mm. right? That's a big, big fundamental problem. That's why people make less money because they're not quoting right. It's not like the money's not available. Yeah. If you think about it, there's a lot of jobs being posted regularly in the creative industry. Almost every day, in fact. Every day. Not yeah. almost every yeah. single day. There's yeah. about four or five jobs that I see yeah. in different groups in South Africa alone. Right? Yet, people don't know how to quote for those jobs. I've, I've worked on both sides of the spectrum where I was a brand manager once when I was building a mobile network uh, two years ago for, for, for a company. So we're building a mobile network for creators. And I, I had to get quotes from creatives now. It was weird. Even at the JMB Hive, when I, when I was part of JMB Hive, who get quotes from creatives. They don't know how to quote. They don't know how to quote the right line items, what to quote for, the pricing structure, where do you even start? Yeah. So, so we are also using AI and, and like all the this, this tech speak, or technology available, we're going to start generating the right quotes, basically. So here's what a quote for a photographer is to look like. Yeah. You should have distribution, the equipment, your time, your transport to get there. All that kind of stuff should be in the quote, no matter what, <laughs> right? So, but then we need data for that. Yeah. So we're currently doing research on what, what, what are the pricing structures that's currently available in the continent right now. So different, different regions have different pricing structures and all that stuff, different uh, expertise and all that stuff. So we're working on that using technology, quoting, and then once you've got you can invoice. But now once you've got an invoice, contracting is important. Most photographers do not give anyone a contract when they're shooting <laughs> or illustrators <laughs> or designers. That's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. That's why they end up getting screwed over. <laughs> they can't enforce the law because they don't have the right contract. And the contracting is normally a pricing thing. Yeah. No one knows where to go find the right contract for that job. <laughs> so through our platform, you are able to generate an automatic contract that is smart contract that the client can sign in immediately on their phone or whatever. 
right? That is sp specific to that job. Once you guys have agreed to that job, basically. So that's 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 that's, that's our structure. And then also payments. Once you once you got paid, so how do you, how do payments work? No, the payments the thing is fifty percent deposit. What do we do with fifty percent deposit? Let's be honest. We eat it. <laughs> you get fifty percent. Yeah, you get ten grand today. Huh? Hey. Life is happening immediately. You sneak something. <laughs> but the job is not being started yet. Mm. So now a guy's got to hustle to get to the job. <laughs> or get to the internet for the job. Yeah. Sorry. That's not good. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing. And we keep doing that over and over again. So this thing called escrow. Escrow allows us to be able to say, okay, the client will pay 100% into this wallet. You see the money coming into the wallet, you can't touch it. There are milestones you have to meet to, for, for certain parts of the money to be released. So if, if you're a photographer, it's a good example. A mood board is the first thing that you have to do, right? Yeah. So you send the client a mood board, 25% gets released into your account. Now you can use that money to do whatever you want. Once you show up to the gig, 50% gets into your account, right? So now you have money for transport to get to the gig, whatever you need to do, the equipment, rental, whatever is, is in the 25%. The other 50% gets paid when you show up, so you're able to leave and whatever, whatever. And then the rest of the money, 75% once you've submitted the images, once you like maybe like low res ones, if you edited them, then once you have submitted the final images with everything, then you get your 100%. But then you're able to manage the, your money better. You know when your money is coming through escrow. Yeah. You know where you can see it. You can actually predict, okay, this month I'm going to make this much money if I deliver on the goods. Yeah. If I don't deliver, I won't make that much money. That's painful to see. So now you're going to deliver what? Better. So that, that's, that's, that's what we're solving on the payment. And the last part is education. We don't have a good creative education system on the continent. Mm. Number one, Vega is expensive. Very. Lysof is expensive. Yeah. Yet, you have knowledge on photography. Why aren't you teaching? Why aren't you getting paid to teach? There are platforms like Skillshare, Globally, Domestica, all these different platforms, Udemy, but nothing specific for the continent. Mm. Where Siri can, can create 10 videos where he's teaching you how to edit on a certain color grading, whatever skill. Mm. But you should be getting paid for that. The creative should be paying for that skill set, but not a high price. Yeah. At a small price. So what we're doing is that the the quoting, the contracting, the the, the invoicing and, and the platform itself, not not the not the portfolio part, but the the, the education is six dollars a month basically. You subscribe, you get all of it, all that stuff. Even the classroom. You but you see get paid for every video watched. Yeah. You get royalties for that video, right? For teaching the class. Right, video-based learning, exclusive, basically. So that's that's our platform as creativeness that we're currently building. Because these problems need to be solved for us to actually know. Now we're making money better. We're quoting better. We're making money better. Mm -hmm. Now we're learning from peers, but also making money from education, which is our education, but also in our languages. Imagine being as a Zulu class on photography. Mm. <laughs> you seem to have this obsession about Africa. I don't know if it, I don't know if obsession is the right word, but you know I've seen everything that you do and talk about is advancing the African people and the African continent on its own. What's the motivation behind all of that? My kids. <laughs> Your kids? Yeah, my kids need to grow up in a better environment, in a better quality of life. I like nice things. My kids love nice things. I like <laughs> they love nice things. Right? Yeah. You can see my daughter is here sitting next to me. Yeah. We're recording a podcast in a coffee shop. She's yeah. eating rice. <laughs> you know, some, some good rice. Being and stuff. fed rice. You see? They, so, so now... The continent has, has so much opportunity, but we don't have control over it. I want to be able to say, okay, we have control over the creative industry as creatives, and that's super, super, super important, yeah. right? That's my obsession. My, my fam myself, my family, everyone, I want to be able to take the, the, the hard train every single place, free transport wherever possible, but a better housing structure for people. But only the creatives can do these things, if yeah. you think about it. We are the leaders of that environment. We, I think sometimes we forget our power as creatives particularly in Africa. Globally, creatives are not 80% of governments. They're in there. <laughs> they're in the place-making environment. They, they're in so many things. We complain about special apartheid in South Africa as creatives. Oh, transport is expensive for me to get from here to, to Sandton. But yet, we don't realize that that's called place-making. Special, special, you know, there's, there's a whole department that we should be influencing that we're part of. Yeah. The other, other day, funny enough, actually, I started working on a project like that. So my, my, my girlfriend, my partner, Nonka, works for, used to work for the, she volunteers for the ANC Women's Desk. So, so through Creative Nestlings, we were able to invite 30 women to meet the president wow. of South Africa, wow. right, on Saturday. So, and then Rendani, Nimakafanini, she, she spoke, the illustrator, yeah. designer. She spoke publicly and addressed everything, saying, talking about the creative industry, what state of women right now, next to the president. Neo mm. Mashangu, she signed a coin, she also gave the coin, the coins as a gift to the president. So you see, now we're influencing policy also on that level. 
to say we're here. We're not going anywhere. We want to participate in this country, in this continent, because we are human. We live in this country, in this continent. Hi, my name is Dylan Espiri from Creative Nestlings. You're listening to Bureau with Cyril. Okay, so you've mentioned quite a lot that as a creative I need to go through, and you've just you know let me know now why the obsession and the love for Africa. So. As a creative, I have an idea and it's solid and I'm, start, and I'm ready to start making money from this idea. Can I turn my idea into money or into a business rather? And is every idea worth pursuing? Every single idea is worth pursuing. Rather look stupid because you are, you are doing something than to, to, to do nothing. Th- than to do nothing. And yeah. it's, it's super, super important to, to test out ideas. And again, we don't have the luxury to test out ideas. That's the other challenge, that we're not in an environment where you can spend a year figuring out what Facebook is. <laughs> we don't have that. No, we don't. You know, and that's unfortunate. But I, I believe that we should test out every single idea. And you can make money out of every single idea. I, I always laugh at how our parents, or, or not, my, okay, not my mother, but the, the perception around the creative industry is, uh, particularly amongst parents of color. They will they were, they were wear a Dolce & Gabbana outfit Right, but then they won't encourage their daughter, daughter or son to study fashion. Mm. Not realizing the creative in that what they're wearing, the clothes they're wearing is there's fashion. A, a it's creative industry. It, it's yeah. a creative endeavor. Mm. It's a creative business, and and that's the funny part. And I think that's also our fault as creators. We don't educate the the, 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 the normal side of everything that is that, that is part of their lives is part of the creative industry. The 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 book that the chair that they're sitting on in a bus, the chair that they're sitting on in the in, in, in KFC in McDonald's is part of the creative industry designed by someone who's a French designer product designer. And I think that's the that's the challenge there. That so now when you go to and try and make money out of something, people laugh at you. Yeah. It's funny, even to today, people laugh at me building creative nestlings. And I'm like, but this is a multi million rand company. Yeah. Why would you not expect me to build it properly? It's like they, they, they rather you build a tax shop because it's easy to sell. And, you know, you got a suite, you sell it, make, we buy more suites. But also the creative industry is part of that process. We can make a lot of money in the creative industry. And I think it, it's seldom it's, it's, it's respected. And I think we, we can change that as creatives through knowledge. Like even the other day, today I'm part of this group, which all these advertising execs are uh, of color. I was saying to them, but look at how much power we have right now in this group, in this WhatsApp group. Yet... No one's conceptualizing a coronavirus awareness campaign in different languages. There's guys that own agencies in there. There's guys that are, that are famous, famous creative directors, famous for, for winning awards, for campaigns for, that are commercial. Yet, coronavirus is, 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 is a really dangerous thing right now for, for people of color, and there's a lot of misinformation. Yet, we have the power in that room to do something. Right but, they didn't see the right, the, but they didn't see that power. You see? They didn't see that power. And that's strange for me, right? It's like, all that influence, but they were discussing coronavirus yeah. <laughs> in the group, yeah. and its impact, <laughs> and the misinformation being spread. So do something about it. Yeah. And I think as creators, we tend to forget that we can do something about it and make a lot of money out of it. You know, we can make a lot of money. Let's not lie to ourselves. I think that's a PSA to anyone. In the creative industry, you can make a lot of money. I have seen money. I have made money. I have lost money, because there is a lot of money in the creative industry if you really want to be in it. For, 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 for the debauchery it is. It's not a great environment to be in, but it's there. <laughs> so talking about money, how much money did you have to start Creative Nestling? Well, I won't lie. I had a job uh, that helped pay for the logo. Okay. The initial website I bit myself, but I paid for the domain. I had a job at Kitten Tourism. So not a lot of money. You don't need a lot of money for that. A logo, our logo, funny enough, cost us 350 rand. <laughs> that was our price for our logo. What year is this? 2011, early 2011. It was designed by the guys that now run uh, Stink Exchange. Oh, wow. <laughs> His brother designed yeah. our logo, Nazira. Uh, and then I, I would say roughly about 1,000, 1,500 bucks. It was a lot of money then. Yeah. I was getting paid 8.5. I didn't have kids then, so. You know, it's a different story. I was getting yeah. their money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> mom was complaining. But yeah, you don't really need that much money to start on an idea. I always believe starting an idea, come up with a name first. Yeah. That's all you need a name. A name and start building a community around it. Start telling everyone about the idea and what, you, what you're trying to do. Start doing research. Guys, please do research. People don't do research. I consult, I consult a lot on, on creative projects and, and businesses. And you find guys not even done the research on the market size or the environment. And the information is easily available. Yeah, it's on the internet. It's on the internet. And the internet is the greatest democratizer ever <laughs> because the information is there. You want to know how much photography is worth globally? Well, guess what? 
just go on the internet. Mm-hmm. How much is photography worth? And it's right there. It's right there. You want an email for someone? It's right there. Yeah. So, so I think we don't do enough research to start. It's not even about the money. Okay, the money for data, I get that. But hustle for that money for data. And I get people like, oh, but what if you're in the rural areas? Rural areas also have Facebook. Hmm. <laughs> they go on Facebook. If you can go on Facebook, I believe you can go on Google. I know now there's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's, a, there's a new um, act, basically, that's currently being enacted in South Africa for data to become cheaper. But some websites oh, are yes, going to be yes. free. Some websites to uh, become Yeah, free. are going to be free. Wow. Right? And it's funny, I, I, I was part of building a mobile network before for creators and entrepreneurs. There's a mobile called Creator. It's, it's now shut down now because we, uh, we couldn't make data cheaper. And one of, the, one of the things was because they don't want to, not because they, they, can't, they can't make it cheaper, because they don't want to. <laughs> so now the game is, okay, make some websites f- free and all that stuff. So the information, Wikipedia is available. Most company information is available publicly. Also, also the, most of these ideas that we have have been done before by someone else. It's just about localizing them to here. Yeah. Right? We, we need our own versions of Facebook. We need our own versions of whatever. We need also, we need new platforms that they can learn from us also. And I don't think we also realize how much power we actually have as a continent. It's one of the most untapped continent resources because it's hard to be in here. But we're on the, if you're on the ground, you can win in Africa. So how do you think as a creative, you know, you can advance yourself? As I said, I mentioned earlier on, you're starting yourself out and you're not sure what to do, but you come to creative nestling. Um, what are some of the things that, you know, you, you, a creative should, should be looking out for starting out? Well, you've you got to make friends with a lot of people. Make friends with people that are in whatever you would need later on in life. Yeah. Photography, lawyers, accountants, whatever, as a creative. Not even as a business, because whatever you're doing, you're going to make money. But once you make money, SARS comes after you. I know personally, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so you know, know where it could you, how big it could you get. I always say, look, look at the biggest company like, that, that you're trying to build. Like, so for, for me, for example, the companies that I'm seeing as my, my pinnacle, basically, are your Adobe's, your, which now bought Behance, <laughs> your, your, your Skillshare, your Domestica, your, your Visco. So I look at that, okay, so that's potentially what queer innocence could be big as, community-wise or, or platform-wise or, or elements-wise and stuff. So I, I always look, what's, the, what's your moonshot, basically? How big can this get? Yeah. Once it's big, once you see that, you can start working. Okay. Right? You, start, you can start working and, and teasing out ideas, implementing different business models and all that stuff. Like now we have to pivot to tech company because us being a tech company actually will make, allow us to make more money, which makes more resources for creatives. <laughs> More talks, more books, more events, more, more whatever we need. More, we can even launch our own fund. Yeah. But we have more data to help, help creatives. Right? I was avoiding tech, but I have no choice but to be in tech now. Yeah. Right? Because then it allows me to do my mission, right? which is to, to, to be a catalyst for young African creatives. So I think once you, have an, once you have an idea, do research. It's all out there. Reach out to people. Even if 100 people say no to me also till today. Mm. I can't look at my buy from Yoko. Tell me to shut down creative listings the other day. Because I was saying I'm struggling to raise money. Because people are like, there's too much legacy here. It's like, oh, if you have legacy too much, sometimes the good idea is shut down the business. But it's up to you. <laughs> if you don't want to do this, shut down. If you want to continue on this, okay, continue, but do it better. You know? So, so also have good, good mentors around you. And mentors are hard to find, yes. But reach out to people, tweets. I, I tweet people sometimes like, yeah, I would love to have a coffee with this person. And sometimes they respond and say, yeah, let's have coffee. Or a Skype call or whatever. And like I have a mentor in, in Hong Kong now. He runs Macon. It's literally me reaching out because I'm a fan of what he does. Yeah. Right? Through the internet. I was like, Yo, I'm really trying to build this business. I'm trying to have this idea. I'm struggling with A, B, and C. And he responded. So sometimes it's just about reaching out. And, and we, even if you need an initial phase. Even creative nestlings, a lot of people help me build creative nestlings from day one. I reached out to people that were doing amazing stuff. I reached out to fellow creatives. I reached out to so many people. Brands that I didn't even know. And some of them work. Some of them don't work. You know? So also, also build a team around you. One thing I, I'm, I'm not good at is, is, is a team player. Yeah. I'm not the biggest team player, which is strange because I build communities. <laughs> I'm not the biggest team player because I expect a certain level of basically quality of work. And also, also I'm quite, if someone's not necessarily knowledgeable about something, I have bad instincts. I have, I have bad reactions to, to, to things like that. So I'm trying to work on that. So have a team around you of people you can count on that they can help you build whatever you need to build. And have coffee with people. Talk to, I also tell everyone your idea. <laughs> Someone might steal it, but guess what? Ten people could actually help you with that idea. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not talking enough also. We're not talking enough. People are also scared of being screwed over. I'm like, why? Uh, it's part of life. It's part of life. Do you think, do you think um, people are afraid of, of no? And how have you overcome the no's that you know, have come into your business? I mean, 
look, you're, you're well vast in, in your portfolio. You know, there's so many things that you've done. And I'm sure you've gotten a lot of no's. I've gotten a lot. I've got, I get no's today. I get no's every single day. They're like, oh, we know Korean We love Korean Nestlings, but no. <laughs> Another day. Another day. They, like, they literally, people will tell you, oh, wow, do you know if Korean Nestlings? What are you been? Oh, that's amazing. That's a great product. That's amazing, but no. Not right now. Mm. It's always not right now. So for me, it's like, I take that note right now. I don't take no. It's literally not right now. Yeah. I've worked with brands that I never thought I'd work with. I wanted to work with many years ago. We're not working on doing, doing a project last year, you know? Mm. But I wanted to work with them years ago. That wasn't the right time. Last year was the right time. Even now, they still say no to me, Mini, now. Mm. Your, your, your Fuji Films, your whatever brands I've worked with. They still say no because at that moment, you're not the right person for that environment. It's how, not meant for you. How do you stay afloat in those times when it's, Yo, it's you a hustle. no as a creative? I mean, you run out of money. I haven't traded properly since 2017. So I've been freelancing, to tr- but freelancing to try and get my mind right. Because I, I think I got, I got a bit too obsessed in creativeness things. So my ego got the better of me. I made a lot of mistakes and got into a lot of debt. Right? And I realized, actually, wait, I should take a pause. And luckily, SARS forced that situation for me. <laughs> right? They were like, no, you can't trade as a business anymore up until you pay us this debt that you owe us. Right? So that helped me really reconfigure who am I as an individual first. Right? Not even a father, what me as Dillian. Because yeah. if I'm not happy, then they can't be happy. The business won't be happy. So, 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 so in those moments, you, 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 you figure, do something else. I would say, if, if, if a lot of people are saying no to you, find another side hustle to make money. Dude, that is, is immature enough to where it's supposed to be. Because sometimes the funny thing is, you go do a project that's not necessarily what you're wanting to do. Yeah. In that environment, you're going to meet someone that's going to help you with your other project. <laughs> that's what happened to me a lot of times. You know, you, 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 you go get a job in, a, in an agency. That agency guy was like, oh, what are you working on? Oh, I know someone who does A, B, and C. Maybe you should talk to that person. Yeah. You see? So, so you, you, nev- you never know what it's supposed to be. In this environment, be agile. We are creators. We're supposed to be the most agile people. Actually, I realized we are not agile. We are <laughs> stubborn as fuck. Very. We need to be more agile, yeah. I think, as creators, especially in our personal lives. Our happiness is we, we, we create from a, from a personal perspective. Yeah. So if you as a person doesn't exist, how are you going to create from a personal perspective? Mm. It doesn't make sense. So I think in those no moments, cry, number one. I always say that cry. If you pray, pray for, for, you know, for, for guidance in those, in those moments. Find a good peer group to support you uh, in those moments, but also find something else to do to make money. Okay. Don't, don't, don't do this typical stuff in creative because for the sake of stuff in creative. Yeah, yeah. I was a waiter for a while, you know. My mom was a domestic worker for a while in my life. Even in my creative nestling days, she was still a domestic worker early on, you know. It's part of the process, it's part of the journey. I'm not saying suffering, it's part of, you can also have a good time throughout the whole entire time and have fun, have joy. You know, buy whatever you want to buy in those moments because it's tough sometimes. But I think in those no moments, have a good support group in, in those moments, yeah. Mm. You've said quite a lot, specifically just, you know, the hard times. And I, or I don't want to call them the hard times, but those difficult times. Transition as a, moments, yeah. Yeah, as a, as, a, as a creative. And, you know, how has the move been for you? You know, from realizing that, you know what, I need to, you know, I've gone through the broke stages but now I need to help creatives. Um, how has that process been like to say, I'm not only helping myself, but I also want to help some creatives not do what happened, you know, what happened to me yeah. a bit far back? I, I mean, now, now the, 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 the approach is different. The approach is more mature, basically. Now I'm very calculated in my approach to, to building this company that's going to help creatives. That's helping creatives, right? And also, also, I think, I mean, we spoke about this the other day. I realized I actually... Also, realizing my power is, is super, super important, yeah. right? So now I'm realizing, oh, wait, I have an influence in A, B, and C. I can achieve A, B, and C without my eyes closed, yeah. right? Sometimes you forget that, but never again. Don't do that. And, 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 and I think sometimes it's good to make mistakes for yourself so you can learn and feel the pain. Sometimes learn from other people so you don't make the same mistakes because some mistakes are stupid. <laughs> like, I shouldn't have made the mistakes of SARS or debt or that. I should have built a support system early on. I knew I needed to build a support system early on, but I just, I just stopped in those moments and stuff. So I think checking your ego early, early on is super, super important. But also you need people around that. Like, no yes men around you that are going to hype you up but also tell you when you're doing bullshit. <laughs> I think that's super, super important. Because it's, it's fun. I won't lie to you. This is, I am happier now than I've ever been in my entire life. You know, yeah. my kids are with me. I'm rebuilding the business. I'm freelancing. I'm consulting. You know, I have a great partner who's, who's my girlfriend. 
Nonga, you know, so everything is quite. I'm drinking coffee on a regular basis. <laughs> you know, everything is happy. Yes, the, the money could be better, but I'm more happier now because now I know what could go wrong. <laughs> I've been there. I've been near homelessness. Mm. I've slept in the space upstairs in Cape Town because I didn't have a place to stay. Mm. I slept on floors in piers. I slept on couches. You know, so I've seen where, how extreme this could go. I've seen the wealthy side too. I've seen me flying on, on, on a daily basis, every Uber black on a regular basis. I've seen all of that too. But now it's like, okay, I've seen both sides. What do I want? Mm. What kind of quality of life do I want as an individual? What kind of quality of life do I want for my family, my kids, my friends, and my peers? And how can I enable in that environment? That's the good part. That's the fun part. You know, now I can say no to a project because I, 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 I'm not the right person for it. <laughs> You're mature enough to understand. Mature enough yeah. to understand it, even if I'm broke. Yeah. You know? And, and unfortunately, that's life. But, but happiness is more important because I can't be happy. If I'm not happy, then the creative industry, I'm, I can't help the creatives. No. I can't help to, I can't, you can't give from an empty you know, space. You can't. And that's, that's, that's stupid. That's what I was trying to do for the last nine years. <laughs> but now it's, a, it's more of a different approach to it, you know? And it's fun that way, more joyous that way, you know? And I'm trying to make amends for the mistakes, you know, the people, the, the people that are hurt in the process and all that stuff. The, the promises that I broke, you know, because I was too egotistical to even listen to people, you know. So I'm trying to figure that out. Navigate. It's, it's tough, but also, also having faith helps in that kind of space also, yeah. yeah. So what does the state of the African creative scene look like for you as Dylan? You know, you're building this platform that basically, you know, demo democratizes yeah. um, and basically puts creatives together uh, almost in a home to say, we can, we can help you do this and avoid certain mistakes, reach certain goals quicker. Yeah. Um, what does a state look like for you right now in the African creative space? I think we are, we are at the pinnacle of what could be a great time for the creative industry. We're not yet there. We're in the beginning stages of it. Now we're starting to see our value. Yeah. We're starting to see we can make money, we can make careers, we can make livelihoods. I was talking to someone like, at 30 years old, we are some of the first generation to properly make money out of the creative industry. At 30 years old. The, the guys, that, the older guys didn't make money properly. They, they, they were, you know, it, it wasn't as clean as now. You know, they had to be an ambassador of a brand. They had to be on a TV show, you know. They, they, they had to be the face of things. Yeah. But now we are also behind the scenes. We're the owners of agencies. We're the owners of companies. We're the owners of brands. We're the owners of, of, of so much. Bless you. We're, we're the owners of so much. And that's important. Ownership is super, super important for our own platforms. So now we're the pinnacle. Now we just need to build our own platforms and our own spaces, our own environments. Right? And, and now if you think about it, like how much talent is there now? We're starting to see more talent than ever before. Yes. But now it's like the talent now really making what's right. Yeah. For the continent. Mm. Yeah. Because the African continent is rich, and I'm noticing quite a lot of uh, stuff coming this direction, you know, yeah. from people wanting to work with African creatives and, and tap into the African creative industry. What can I do now as a creative, getting ready for that space to, to kick in and be part of that whole movement that's happening right now? I, I think knowing your place is super important. Okay. Knowing what you have is super important. And knowing who you are is like, at the pinnacle of that. So, just, so you, when people, are, like, you, you have to be the guy that, or the guy or the girl, or, or whatever, the person, that when people think about, you know what, I want to do A, B, and C, they point to you. You want to be that person, right? If, you, if you're a recluse like me, you want to be the person that they call when they, like, oh, we want to do this like this, yeah. right? Instead of them using your images in the, in the, in the mood boards, in the boardrooms, you want to be in the boardroom. Yeah. So, so be prepared for that and be ready. I, I'm, you know, I had experienced it early on in the morning uh, where we, someone got a call that they'd been waiting for and I was right next to them. But in that moment, they couldn't, they, they didn't know what to say. Hmm. So they've been chasing this call but they were not prepared for the call. <laughs> so be prepared for the future. Being prepared for that inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's going to, I wanted free, uh, free shoes once. I got free shoes. I wasn't ready for free shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and when you got them, you didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I got, I got free space. I got brands asking me to do stuff. I wasn't ready. Now I'm ready. You know, and that's super important. Being ready is super important. You can make a business out of being ready. Yeah. You've mentioned also a few times um, just about owning the spaces that we are in. You know, how important is it now for every creative to have 
a sort of platform that they completely own and what sort of platforms should they be owning i mean we should be owning everything but not everyone should own everything the, the, i mean someone also says to me like the, the, you know there's every part of the body there's a head there's a hand but it's also there's this finger yeah <laughs> so you have to know what part you play we need to own our digital platforms for example right we, that's super important how we get paid we to own our own banks we want to own our own funding, our own institutions as creators. We don't have a creative institution until today. Hmm. That's sad. Hmm. Like proper, not government run, but individual. We don't have a creative museum for all this work that we're seeing. So I think we should own on that level. We don't have creative schools that we own as creatives. Hmm. Especially as creatives of color. We don't have a school hmm. where you can go learn about the creative industry. <laughs> hmm. We don't have books, publications, magazines. We, we see such things here and did dribs and drabs. But we have money. That's why, I, I, and you know, and, and I like the film industry because film industry now we're starting to see people owning their own studios. Oh, the yes. photography industry, people own oh, their yes. own photography studios. You know, we, we, we should be owning what we need. So every single resource that you would need, imagine if we could buy it from locally from here. Because the raw materials come from here anyway. Yeah. The labor comes from here yeah. anyway. You know, you want to go into any creative hub. If you look at the labor, it's normally people of color. Mm. Why don't we have our own creative hubs that we run, that we control? The money is there. These brands, these governments want us, they have the money for us. We can make money, but also we can get money from these people. And I, and I think sometimes we don't realize our power because we're, we're not thinking collectively. We're very individualistic in our approach to the creative industry. And I think sometimes that can be actually be bad for all of us. What we don't realize that in the creative industry, you know, it's like a dominoes effect. You know, every single time, every single time, every, every, every action you make in the creative industry has consequences for everyone, you know. And, and, and that's super important, I think, to realize that. And I think we forget that, you know. And, and it's something I'm realizing that, you know, we, we are part of an ecosystem. And ecosystem requires players to play. <laughs> and right now we're playing individually, you know, and it's not good for the creative industry. For, I'm, I'm actually for quite, the long term. Yeah, for the long term. I'm actually quite optimistic about the future hmm. of the creative industry. You know, you seem very optimistic. I mean, yeah. like, looking at creative nestling and just what it does and what it stands for, you know, uh, there's a as again there's a huge gap for this i think when i started out in the industry you know i, I knew nothing mm. i really knew nothing and rightly so you know what i mean but there was also nobody to teach me these things or somebody that i could lean on you know that was willing to say you know hey i'll, I'll give you podcasts i'll yeah. you know I'll, I'll share information via podcasts or via videos or whatever it may be i had to turn to guys in the u.s and watch their stuff but you know at the same time it lost a bit of Relatability, yeah. Yeah, because you know that's somebody that's too far away, but there's yet there's somebody else in my own continent, in my own country, in my own city, in my own neighborhood, that is just as good. Yeah, that you can I, rely on. But yeah. I can run, but unfortunately, I'm not getting that. Yeah. Um, that, that that information from them. So I think creative nestling is a is an amazing idea. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, for me, it's a legacy company. I, I don't want to sell it. I want to leave it for my kids. So when they go into creative industry. They, they, they have a better chance. All of you guys are their uncles. <laughs> you know, they, they can relate better into the environment and stuff. They grew up around all these amazing people and stuff. That makes it easier for everybody. Yeah. You know, and, and one thing we're working on now is figuring out scalability on the ground. How do, how do we get creative nestlings more on the ground? Yes, we're working on digital strike, that's easy. But on the ground is, is, is the challenge. So now, do we build more spaces? But that's, that's expensive building spaces. So that's one thing I'm trying to figure out because. Because there's so many, so many young people that are talented that, that, have, that, that are lacking opportunities, yeah. but also that are lacking that, 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 that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. We are, we, unfortunately, we, we are all fucked because we are the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Someone sees Cyril today, they could change their entire life. <laughs> Just literally from a five-minute conversation. Yeah. Oh, wow, I saw Cyril in real life shooting or something there. Yeah. That person can go and shoot mm. for the first time, and like, now they have the courage. Yeah. And sometimes I think we forget that, mm. that we are the light at the end of the tunnel for someone. So, so let's make sure that we are visible, right? And, and sharing the truth of the, of the industry, not the glamour of it. Because the glamour sometimes can be, you know, quite annoying. But the truth of it, that when you're in, when you're in this environment, you can cover out your own space. It might be painful, but you can cover out your own space. And the resources are, are subtly available, you know, in the right times. Yeah. So... How do I get in touch with you or Creative Nestling? Because now I'm a creative and I'm like, whoa, okay. Everything you've mentioned so far, I'm pretty much lacking at and I want to improve. 
how do I then, you know, what's the first process or what's the process to getting in touch with you or Creative Nestling? So, I mean, it's look for us on, on Instagram, Creative Nestlings, Twitter, Creative Nestlings, everywhere, basically Creative Nestlings, creativenestlings.com, also on our website. Yeah. You can email me directly or DM me directly. I, I, I tend to respond, I respond to everybody. Basically, that's the question. Or, or, and and I, I tend to pay up creative. So uh, if someone says to me, oh, they want to be a cinematographer, they don't know what to start, I tend to reach out to some of my peers that are in our network, say, hey, someone's looking to pick up, can you take them on for five seconds? I'll pay for the coffee if I have to, right, for you to meet that person. So I'm willing to anywhere on the continent, basically. I know almost every creative out there on the continent. So I'm able to put people in touch and stuff. So yeah, so reach out. We are available, creative nestlings everywhere. Just and reach out to us. And who are you currently watching right now? Whether it's social media, but in the creative <laughs> space, who are you watching well, right now? I'm supposed to be the, the impartial. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you're watching somebody in some way. I, I mean, of course, there's people out there that, that I'm doing amazing you know, things. Table Mongookies won the Levy Image Prize last year. Uh, Moteo is an amazing cinematographer. Um, uh, there's a lot of photographers, like a lot of young female photographers. Colin Delu doing amazing photography and stuff. Nonzo uh, Nonzo. I'm, I'm quite biased because people that I have coffee regularly with. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of creators across the entire continent. Just that we don't have an easy way to find them. But yeah, people like that, you know, they're making amazing music out there. Uh, what's the name? Bailuansa just dropped a new project the other day. I was there for that. Uh, so there's definitely amazing creators out there if you're looking for them. And they are, they are available to work and execute amazing work and stuff. So I mean, I can make, I can I can spend the whole day naming <laughs> names of these people that I want to have coffee with that yeah. are creatives. I want, I want to try and get into their minds and stuff. And and, and there's, there's there's so many of them out there and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's hard to name everyone. Very true. So tell me something. What can we look forward to in 2020? You mentioned earlier on, you know, in our offline conversation that you know the business of cre creative nestling. Uh, yeah is sort of changing from what it is in the, be in the, in the beginning. beginning yeah. What can we look forward to in 2020? So we're dropping our platform. Our, our, we're going to beta hopefully this month. I mean, I know I've been saying, every month I've been saying that. We're dropping more tote bags. Uh, uh, I, 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 guys, you need those tote bags. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at one now and uh, I've asked for an order. <laughs> <laughs> we're dropping tote bags. We're dropping t-shirts also. Uh, those are in the topics and t-shirts are in collaboration with Mukhao. Uh, Kikana is the illustrator. Uh, we're doing more collaborations with illustrators also and, and designers and photographers and all that stuff. On, on, on. Also, do, do, hopefully do another book, uh, our second book, What It Takes. Uh, we'll reprint the old one because people are looking for that old one because it was a limited, limited print run and stuff. You can make a lot of money out of books if you, if you try to do it books. So if you can't do that. Uh, what else? Oh, a podcast. We have a, we're going to launch our official podcast called The Creative Entrepreneur. So focusing on guys that are running businesses in the creative industry. So your actual firms, your photography studios, your creative agencies. So like beyond the individual creative journey to like, okay, what happens now when you have a team of 10 people, 20 people, 100 people. So we're working on a podcast like that, particularly people of color on the continent. So that podcast, hopefully, we're starting to figure out who to invite, so if you guys have suggestions, I would really appreciate it. Because I don't want to be too biased on people that I know. <laughs> you know, it's easy yeah. to be in this environment. They only know ten people that you're going to use for everything. Yeah. You know, I want to be, be more accommodating to everyone else and stuff. Uh, what else? We're doing more talks across the entire continent. Uh, yeah, more content also. Working on, I'm, I'm working on a film about the creative industry, but a different type of film about the creative industry. Not a documentary this time around. Our, our, our documentary drops... Uh, me, my, me and Dinika Govinda directed a documentary called Zero to 100. It drops this month. It's about the entrepreneurship ecosystem. So what's the, what's the right question we should be asking for? This? So no, it's not about what's right about the entrepreneur. What's the right question? We're asking a question about a question. <laughs> right? Um, that drops this month. Later on, I think late, late March, the documentary on our YouTube channel. Yeah, and then our film hopefully will drop later on in the year. Uh, of, like, uh, I'm directing a feature film about the creative industry. Yeah, I can't talk too much about about that. Yeah, so more, also more collaborations with different partners and all that stuff. Yeah, we're always doing something. I, I'm not good at show, shouting what's happening. Yeah. You only, you only see the ones it's done. <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to be more out there. You, you definitely do seem like a doer and, and somebody who's just hands-on and everything. Who influences you? I mean, the people that influence me... Okay. The people that influence me, what? Um, Jeff Stepp was up there on the, on the, on the pinnacle. Eugene Kahn... Uh, of making, um, sorry, my phone, I don't, it's supposed to be on silent. 
<laughs> you okay. can um Kanye West of course I mean how can I not mention my father Kanye West is my biggest influence out there uh who else oh Koji Radical amazing musician I, I like how he, he he does his projects uh oh Western Center for Films and content creation uh a, a, a lot of people influence me. It's, it's hard to name everyone. It depends on the context of that environment. Like uh, Tyler Brule, he runs Monaco magazine, but he also has found a wallpaper magazine. But Monaco is different to wallpaper completely. But also, if you study the Monaco business model, it's one of the greatest business models I've ever seen. He still prints magazines and more magazines. He launches, like every year, there's a new magazine that he's launching. And in he's a, making a lot of money out of it. In a digital world. In a digital world. And they don't have a big digital presence. <laughs> but they're making a lot of money. So people like that. I like, I like, I like studying people that have, have, have interesting business models, even in their creative craft. Your Daniel Hirsch, Tissa Molobi, Lazzi. Those are people that influence me on a regular basis and how they create and how they evolve in their creation and stuff. And Tony Gum, people like that. Like, how do you evolve from A to B? How do you change your, your what we know you for to something else? But also, how do you stay consistent in that? You know, Karayo uh, Poppy, you know, how people like that are growing... And, and I mean, Joe Human for his tweets, literally on that. I don't care about his other stuff. Yeah, just like the way he tweets. Yeah. You know, people like that. They 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 influence my thinking and and and, and how I I basically frame the way forward for myself personally, uh, but also for the company. Being a father, I also like I like seeing people that are great parents. Also, not just the showcasing online, but great parents also that, that influence. Because I'm trying to be a great parent. I never grew up with my dad, so all my kids, even if I have to divorce, I want my kids to know me every single day. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all this with me. Um, we've been talking for 51 minutes. It feels <laughs> like we've been talking for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing all, you know, the, just the business of, of, of creativity. And uh, there's so much more to talk about. I feel like we do yeah. need to talk again uh, very soon. Where can people get in touch with you? So on social media. What are your handles and where can we see whether it's a website, portfolio, and your contact information? Oh, great. Okay. This website is down. It's embarrassing, but it should be done. It should be up by the time this podcast goes live. Because I wasn't sure where to go. Because the platform, platform is going to change completely the way the business, the business looks publicly. So our website is creativenessling.com. Creativenessling.com. Um, Twitter is at creative nestlings without the GS at the end. Instagram is creative nestlings incomplete. Just go creative nestlings. Uh, you'll find all our different like links. Uh, my email is dillion at creativenestlings.com. Uh, yeah, my number is available public 0780209936. <laughs> Please WhatsApp me first before you call me. <laughs> I have debt, so I'm not going to pick up the phone immediately. <laughs> business only. Yeah. What, no, what, what's up even if it's not business only? Just ideas. If you have an idea, you're feeling lost at. I, I'm willing to just... Five, I have five minutes. I can, I can respond to a person. I, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna, Oh, I'm busy right now. No, I'm gonna respond to you if you if you reach out to me. I'm always responding whenever people reach out to me and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I think that's very commendable because when I remember when reaching out to you, you know, you reached out immediately. Yeah. Um, so definitely do get in touch with with Dillian. Um, thank you for sharing the information with me, brother. And thank you for bringing your daughter along. Um, you know, she's so cute and she's been very good at uh, keeping to herself and doing her own things. Well, we're gonna have to say goodbye. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Eh?